What if the speed of light was 30 miles an hour? What if Earth had two suns? Which cereal mascot would win in a what fight? What if everyone lived underground? What if, it rained what if money grew what on if trees? What if pigs could fly? I don't know if that would actually happen. It's much easier to store a unicycle than to store a horse. Hello everybody and welcome to Absurd Hypotheticals, the show where we overthink dumb questions so you don't have to. I'm your host, Marcus Lehner, and I'm joined here today by Chris Yee and Ben Storms. Say hi, guys. Hey, I'm Chris. Hey, I'm Ben. Guys, it's Halloween. We have a spooky episode. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> ben, where's your spooky? Ooh. Oh, there oh, you I, go. I, I, did. I did one. Wait, I did one? <laughs> did you not catch it? I'm going to do it again. Ooh. It was a little, maybe not that spooky, actually. You know what? Almost sounds like just like Santa laughing or something. Yeah, it's, I I was actually thinking Santa too. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, on second on second uh, ooing, I was less impressed with it. Yeah, I don't know what to say, guys. I'm sorry, I let you down. Just save that for a couple months. I did go. I did go to um, uh, the lo- the local Lowe's and was immediately greeted at the front entrance by a very large Christmas display, which was on the date of like september 22nd or something amazing <laughs> like a month and a half before halloween they're like you know what people need animated santa claus and christmas trees and i'm like this is a little early i it's not exactly the same and i actually this one i legitimately appreciate but there is a house near me that for the last you know two years at least um has immediately after labor day put up their giant Home Depot skeleton in their yard and had it up until Halloween. And oh, it's like wonderful. The, like the 12 foot tall Yeah, one? exactly. Yeah. Like literally like, like day after, you know, like Labor Day weekend, they're putting that up. I think and I'm honestly, okay with I'm that. here for it. Yes. Yeah. Me, me too. It's great. You can put anything up for a holiday as long as there's no other major holidays between your holiday and the one you're targeting. Or I guess like, Two months before, two months may be the the close limit. Like, I think I just like it, Halloween decorations more than Christmas decorations. Yeah, I'm I'm down with that. There was also a house near me that, um, like the first week in November, would always put up Christmas lights, but they would only put like one string of lights and one tree, which is like you can't be someone who puts up Christmas lights way too early and also just like half asses it. Like you can't you can't do that combination. That's not allowed. They're, they want to check that box and they just don't want to procrastinate on it. Right. Yeah. You know, gotta get the They're lights up. Forget. How many lights? Doesn't matter. Just the lights. <laughs> I put my Christmas lights up last week. It's like oh, did you? The important thing is is that I did it. Yeah, they're there. <laughs> my I one string of white thing. lights are in my tree. <laughs> Not even, right. not even like quality color lights. Anyway, point being, I'm done. <laughs> point being, we do, we have a Halloween question too today. Yes. Uh, and we are doing a, uh, we're calling a candy fight. Um, we'll do fight episodes sometimes where we'll debate which uh, of a type of character would win in a heads up fight. We're doing it a little different this Halloween. Uh, we've each picked a Halloween monster. Um, but they're not going to be competing in a, a battle of fists, but they're competing in a battle of candy. I couldn't think of something that nearly rhymed. Sweet. Uh, oh, not not rhymes. That doesn't help. Um, I don't got one. I'm sorry. Continue. That's okay. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, so we each have picked a monster, and we are going to try and figure out between the ones we've chosen which one would have the most successful trick or treating adventure. Um, basically, who's going to get the most candy? Um, couple little parameters here. You got to do like it's got to be trick or treating candy. Um, yeah, you, you can't cannot... go to the store or anything. Yeah, you can't anything just go like, like n- knock up a Seven Eleven and yeah, knock up. That's not that's not the right term. term. <laughs> <laughs> knock over. There we go. <laughs> but they're always there for me, twenty four seven. So yeah, yeah. You it's got to be trick or treating candy. Um, the police are there. You can't just go like like. If you are a monster who could get caught and, you know, detained by the police, that can end your trick-or-treating spree. Um, and we're, we decided to not be in the same neighborhood because that would probably d- just directly devolve into a normal fight. Um, so we're in comparable but separate, I imagine, just typical suburban neighborhoods um, doing the trick-or-treating. Uh Chris, why don't you get us started and uh, tell us what monster you chose? So the monster I chose was It from the movie It from the Stephen King novel originally. And then they made like a, I think a miniseries and then they made a couple movies. Um, Pretty famous. You might know him as Pennywise because that's the most common form he takes is the little dancing clown. Um, Oh, I thought that was his only name. I didn't realize he was also called it. <laughs> I think, I think his name is actually it. Um, but yeah, um, I started with his origins. They're pretty weird, but um, he was created from a void surrounding the universe called the Macroverse, uh, and um, evidence suggests that he was created by like an other godly entity, and then. There's like another one of the books that Stephen Cook, Stephen King wrote while really like coked up. Because this sounds like one of the books that Stephen King wrote while really coked up. Probably. Does your spooky clown that lives in the sewer really need to have a like (laughs) multiverse type storyline? It can't just be. If you're Stephen King, hell yeah, it does. I mean, all of Stephen King's books, I think they're like all interconnected through a multiverse. So, yeah. Thanks, Dark Tower. He made that happen. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of Dark Tower, there. I guess the the turtle there's a turtle in the dark tower called maturin it's like a giant ancient turtle and it's one of the 12 guardians of the beam that hold up the dark tower apparently that's its brother (laughs) uh yeah stephen Um, king got some good drugs (laughs) yep (laughs) um apparently they're also like natural enemies uh and in the book the turtle like gives one of the kids' advice on how to beat it. Um, it's kind of strange. I never actually read the book, but that's what the synopsis says. Um, I don't think they the did that in the movie. Notes. Do those <laughs> exist still? I don't know. They probably do. According also to Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but he arrived to, uh, to Earth on an asteroid, and he landed in a fictional town called Derry, Maine. Um. And his thing is that he goes into like a 27 year hibernation cycle and then he w- wakes up every 27 years. He uh, feeds on people for an entire year and then he goes back to sleep for 27 years. And he prefers to feast on children mainly because uh, they're like easier to scare and he feeds off of fear. Um, 
So ah, like Monsters Inc. Yeah, pretty much like Monsters Inc. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but yeah, you're right. Um, and he actually has like a psychic influence on the entire town, so he's able to manipulate the awareness of the citizens of Derry, um, and they're like less aware that uh, there's like an increased uh, an increased level of, like child murders, and they're they like don't really investigate them. For some, just because they're under his influence. Um, and to the main characters in the book, uh, the first half of the book, they're like kids. And then the second half, it's 27 years later and they're adults. And in the second half of the book, they actually forget all the stuff that happened to them in the first half uh, just because they're like influenced by it. Um, and then they end up having to like relearn everything. Now... It's techniques for hunting. Um, he's actually a, a shapeshifter, so he can turn into different shapes, uh, different forms. His most famous form, I already mentioned, is Pennywise the Dancing Clown. Um, but he also has a lot of other ones. So in the novel, he turns into 32 different forms. In the 1990 miniseries, he turns into 16 forms. In the 2017 movie, he turns into 13 forms. And then in the 2019 movie... He turns into 23 forms. Um, a lot of different things. And he can also take the form of multiple beings at the same time. So at one point, he turns into a school of piranhas. Another point, he turns into like a swarm of winged leeches. Um, and no one actually knows what its true form is. He does turn into like a spider thing, which they say is his closest Earth true form, but it's not actually his true form. Um so yeah that's... maybe his true form is also a big turtle like his brother <laughs> maybe <laughs> I, actually i think they call it they call his true form like dread lights but they don't it's like a very not descript like they don't they don't really explain what it is <laughs> um but it's called dread lights now um he often, like his techniques, he often promises the children something that they want and he like lures them into seclusion. Um, and then he like, he's able to d determine their psychological fears and then he uses those fears to provoke them. So he can make them like hallucinate whatever their fear is. And in some cases, he's actually able to control people. Uh, there's one character in the book slash movies called henry bowers and um he's able to exploit henry's psychotic tendencies he makes him kill his father and hunt down the kids the main characters um so those are like sort of his powers his weaknesses um they say he's he must obey the laws of the form that he takes so for an example if he turns into a vampire then he has all the weaknesses of a vampire like he he's weak to the sunlight and stuff like that um He's also weak to courage since he see feeds on fear. Um, and they do say that he can only be defeated by uh, in a battle of wills, which uh, is kind of weird. <laughs> um, that's how they do it in the book. In the movie, I think they kind of just insult him a bunch and then he gets... It's actually a kind of a weird scene. They just like bully him and then he like shrinks down and then they pull out his art heart and uh, crush it. Uh, but... According to the novel, you have to do a battle of wills. Um, and for our little candy fight thing, I think his uh, 
um obviously it's halloween and people are his whole thing is like scaring people people he feeds off of fear and obviously there are going to be people scared on halloween because there's lots of monsters and stuff um statistically someone's going to be scared uh i think he's going to target children and um he's going to use his like influence thing on the entire town he's able to do that with dairy so i think he can do that with the entire town and pretty much have all the parents oblivious uh including like the authorities i don't know how strong his influence is because obviously the main characters eventually overcome that but there's some influence there um and yeah and then he'll just go around stealing candy from these kids that he's scaring and collect candy that way so that is it that is how he is going to steal candy ben what is your monster so sticking with our vague names theme, I went with The Thing from The Thing. <laughs> <laughs> T- technically, it's usually kind of referred to as like the organism. It doesn't really have like a name of any kind. Um, I'm going to refer to it as the organism from The Thing because that feels just better than saying The Thing over and over. Because believe me, I'm going to say The Thing a lot in this description anyway already. I mean, I so, said it in addition to over. In addition to your vocal pattern voice saying... The thing is, I, oh my God, Marcus, I actually got so nervous. Literally this morning I was thinking, I was like, oh my God, I say the thing is all the time. And I agree to do an answer about the thing. Well, now you don't have to worry anyway, about that. You've no, established that you're not going to say the thing. Oh no, I'm going to, I'm going to say the thing plenty. Don't worry. Um, anyway, the thing is a 1982 John Carpenter movie. Um, it's. It's kind of a remake of a 1951 sci-fi horror called The Thing from Another World. Um, But both of those... So, I guess, The Thing from Another World was inspired by a 1938 novella by John W. Campbell Jr. called Who Goes There. Um, And The Thing is... More than being a remake of Think, Think from Another World is more just a more faithful adaptation of Who Goes There than The Thing from Another World was. Um, basic plot takes place at an American Antarctic research station. Um, one morning they start hearing gunfire and explosions outside. They go out to investigate and they see an Alaskan Malamute being pursued by a Norwegian helicopter. Um, the pilot of the helicopter tries to like throw a thermite charge and accidentally blows up the helicopter, killing himself. Um, the passenger who had gotten out, uh, starts firing at the dog with a rifle and in the process, actually, like, grazes one of the researchers at the base. Um, and then at that point, after, like, trying to calm him down, he gets shot by the base commander because they just, the guy only speaks Norwegian, and they can't tell what the hell is going on. This dude just appears to be insane, firing at a dog, and just kind of shot someone. Um, so they adopt the dog because it's just a dog. Uh, and just had to go try to make contact with the Norwegian camp and figure out what is actually going on. Um, long story short, the Norwegian base had found an alien spacecraft and a frozen creature that had been there for thousands of years. Um, the creature thought out, turned out it was hibernating, and it also has the ability to uh, assimilate and imitate organic life. Um, and the dog was that organism. And as you might imagine, things go bad, uh, which we'll sort of get to a little bit later. There are there are two other canonical works in, I guess, the Thing series um, there is a prequel and a sequel. The prequel is a 2011 movie, also called The Thing. 
Uh, that's basically just the story of that Norwegian base. Um, it is not as good as the thing. It, it is not as good as the 1982 <laughs> The Thing, but it's not as bad as I think people kind of feel that. I think Why? it gets a bad rap. Why did they name um, it the same thing? No, it's the thing. Not the, okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> so here's the thing. It's not the thing. The thing. Is... It's not the same thing. It's just the thing. Um, I I think so. I think they were going to go for more of a a sort of soft remake vibe and then basically decided that the original was still really good and decided to go the prequel route instead. Mm. In terms of why they didn't change the name, I don't know. I don't know what else you'd call it. Before the thing. The younger thing. I don't know. Like there's <laughs> not there's not a whole lot of great options that still obviously associate with the thing. There's not a whole right. lot to work with with the name The Thing. The Thing Origins. I don't know. But <laughs> no, just The Thing? The other thing. No, yeah, the, the next thing. thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you're only going to see one The Thing, see the 1982 The Thing, but the 2011 The Thing is also not that bad as The Things Go. Um, the sequel is actually a video game from 2002, also called The Thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that one, that one, the story gets pretty wild. It's like, it was like a biotech company that was trying to weaponize the thing. I don't know. It was this whole icky is weird. Um, the idea behind the game was actually pretty cool. They had all these systems where there would be, um, you know, non-player characters that you had to establish trust with because they would otherwise think that you might be being, imper- you know, you might be the thing. So they had like a trust system and, um, a like a fear system where if they got more afraid they'd be more erratic and stuff like that and people could get infected if they came into contact with it and randomly turn into the thing uh but in practice it wasn't very good and they kind of just made people transform at scripted times and it wasn't as cool as it should have been but i mean cool cool idea guys um i guess yeah uh in terms of abilities of this organism the big one is assimilation so it is a shape-shifting organism. Um, it's probably better to describe it as, I guess, a colony of organisms um, that work together to replicate other organic matter. Um, the idea being that, that you know, if you have a droplet of thing blood, that's actually a collection of thing, of tiny, you know, microbiotic thing organisms that are emulating blood. Um when it is uh, imitating something, its intelligence is based on on how large it is, basically how many thing cells it has. Um, when it is, you know, person-sized, it is very intelligent. Um, when it's smaller, it's not necessarily. Uh, and this is actually in the 1982 movie, the way they check if someone is the thing is they take their blood and stick a hot needle into it because when it tries to survive, it'll move away from the hot needle, which blood normally does not do. I don't know if you guys were aware of that. Well, um, maybe not yours. Well, I've never tried. If yours it. does, I have some very pointed questions for you, Marcus, about your thing status. It's okay. I'm ready. I'm very smart. <laughs> yep, you're very smart. <laughs> you're quite large. Um, uh, basically, the way this process works is it uh, it has to make. It's kind of unclear. Sometimes it seems like it has to kind of eat the th- the 
material to, to get it going. Sometimes it's more just like an exchange of fluids. I don't know. But then like the infection takes over. Um, it's not also not clear exactly how long it takes, but it's reasonably quickly because the movie takes place over a couple of days. Um, an important note that comes from the prequel movie, it cannot replicate non-organic things. Um, uh, non-organic objects. Let's try to use the word thing very carefully in this description. Um, and that movie is actually kind of, kind of cool. They check for thingness by looking for people's like metal filings in their teeth, which is kind of a neat touch. Anyway. Um, once it has assimilated something, it can imitate them exactly down to their memories, characteristics, mannerisms, all of that. Um, even things down to like their, if they have health effects, there's someone who has a weak heart that is replicated, um, when it replicates someone. So it is an exact copy, all the memories, all of that. Um, it also has an ability that I described in my notes is that thing that starfish do when you cut one in half, it turns into two. Um, which is basically just that when part of the thing is severed from the body of the thing, uh, both of those pieces become their own independent creatures. They could reform, but there are definitely, you know, multiple scenes where, say, a head is removed and it sprouts legs and runs away under its own power. Um, but this is kind of ha just because it is, like I said, a colony of smaller organisms kind of working together. So they don't need to be entirely together to, to survive. Um, in terms of weaknesses, the big one is fire. Doesn't like fire. Doesn't like electricity, uh, at least in the, the novella that it's, everything's based on. Um, it kind of comes up in the movies a little bit, but not as much. That's the big one. You burn it, it dies. That's kind of it. Um, in terms of getting candy, uh, the, the route that I think makes the most sense is basically start assimilating some kids and then send them out <laughs> trick-or-treating. Is, assimila is assimilation a murder process? A uh, little bit, yeah. So you got to be a little sneaky. So you, you can't. You you have to actually kill. You have, you can't just like copy the. You can't get a drop of kid blood. And be like, ooh, there's two of us now. It's murder the kid and then assimilate it. Um, basically, yeah. Technically, you could get some some thing blood into the kid into the kids inside the kid blood, and it'll take over eventually. But I think the murdering way is faster, and we are kind of under a, a <laughs> clock on this one. So you only have uh, one night. Yeah, only one night. And and really less than that because trick or treating is probably a you know maybe five p.m. to nine p.m. process, so you kind of got to get move on it. Um, so I think really the plan is basically find a house, get into it, assimilate those people, and then ideally you can get one of those ones that goes really all out and has a little like mini haunted house up front, you know, like people do sometimes, have a little privacy, and then to start you know picking them off and sending them back out, you know, go from there. I do have one one ace in the hole. I'm gonna bring out when the time is right but that's my main plan Ooh. is some child murder and impersonation uh marcus what'd you do uh i did the gremlins from the movie of the same name <laughs> we are um, really good at picking monsters that have unique <laughs> names that aren't entirely just the name of their movie huh What's annoying too is I can't really call them gremlins necessarily because they're not always gremlins are not always gremlins um a square so rectangle situation no um so gremlins are the evil version of the mogwai um so if you imagine the you know the main the main gremlin of the gremlin movie is actually a cute little adorable like furby hamster looking thing um that's not a gremlin that's a mogwai that's their 
um, cute little harmless pet form, of which there are three rules if you're raising it. Um, so basically, if you have a mogwai, everything is cool and dandy if you don't break any of the three rules. Rule number one, do not expose them to bright lights. Rule number two, do not get them wet. And number three, the most famous one, do not feed them after midnight. I um, have the same rules, by the way. <laughs> Just generally? Just generally for life. It's a good It's a good strategy. <laughs> Um, but they, 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 they apply a little bit more to the, uh, Mogwai, where rule one is there, um, because bright lights and sunlight are actually damaging and can be lethal to the Mogwai, uh, and gremlins. They just burn up and die. So if they're out in the sun, they're gonzo. That's how they defeat them, um, in the movie sometimes. Um, so if you have a pet, don't let it get light on it because you will no longer have a pet. <laughs> you will have a smoking puddle of a pet. Uh, rule number two, do not get them wet. Um, it's not because getting wet kills them like sunlight. Um, if they get wet, it causes them to multiply. Um, so the mogwai kind of reproduce by like effectively budding. It's like an asexual reproduction. Um, and so like, they drop a single drop of water on them with a, like, a water dropper and, like, a little fur ball pops off and then, like, within about a minute becomes another mogwai. Um, they first see this when they spill, like, kind of, like, they knock over a glass of water onto one and it made five of them. Uh, and increase the amount of water increases the amount of replication you get. So um, one of the big moot points in the movie is that the... Um, the one they're trying to get rid of jumps into a pool and makes literally hundreds of itself. Uh, not quite itself. It's asexual reproduction, but they do are different. Like they, they they'll have different personalities, be slightly different. Um, not probably super relevant, but it's not cloning. Um, and then rule three again: don't feed them after midnight. So if you feed a cute little harmless mogwai after midnight, uh, it'll go into a cocoon and emerge as an evil gremlin. So it goes from that cute furry hamster-looking thing to, like, a creepy, scaly, lizardish-looking version of it. Uh, and then those, that's actually, like, the gremlin, and that gremlin will go around murdering, torturing, like, partying, and, like, in a weirdly, like, intelligent adult way, like, they use guns. Like, they'll shoot people. <laughs> like, they'll go and party at a bar. Like, it's not so much animalistic as, like, you know, like, Lord of the Flies type vibe more. Um, so that's really the the big part of the gremlins is that, is that they don't like sunlight, getting wet multiplies them, and then if they eat after midnight, they turn evil and start going pillaging and stuff. Um, in the second Gremlins movie, um, they get additional powers. They get into, like, like it's hosted in the evil biomutation lab um and the gremlins get into a bunch of like uh dna syringes and start like putting mutations in themselves so, like one of them turns into electricity one of them gets like spider powers one of them like i'm not getting into i'm not going any of those things i'm electing to not go that route on the basis that there are not many secret genetic labs readily available in most suburban towns especially ones that have, like, Spider-Man serum. So <laughs> I'm going to stick with just kind of the the classic um, gremlining. So kind of, I, I think, 
I'm going to be doing it more like a uh, starting them off, starting off with a, you know, you guys both have one thing, so I'm going to start off with my single Mogwai. Um, and it's going to be kind of a phased approach to this because daytime trick-or-treating is a little bit slower because I can't really be exposed to bright light. So you can get, you can protect it with like a full coverage costume. Um, but you kind of run into a problem too, where they're not really, they're a little bit too small to make someone think they're a kid. Like it's kind of more like, it's like a foot and a half tall, maybe like it's not really, you know, a three foot kid. So if you, you know, it knocks on the door and there's like, like a tiny thing, it's like at best an infant, which would not really be given candy. <laughs> um, so you're gonna have to start multiplying early. I think you can do some like three Mogwai in a trench coat type shenanigans. Like you can get like, you know, a, a sheet with the, with some eye holes cut out and, you know, pretend to be a, a kid. So it, it's going to be, you're kind of limited to who you can fool. And also you know, how much access do you have to tiny costumes that they can make? <laughs> Did you say how long it takes them to multiply? Um, it's like two minutes is the scene. So oh, okay. between like the waterfalls on them, it like falls over and like shakes and it pops off. And within a minute that, ball that pops off is like a full-size gremlin so that's pretty fast i, I would like yeah. to make one minor correction you earlier said that you're gonna start with one because we each had one thing i have one thing chris has one it okay moving on <laughs> <laughs> um once we kind of get to the evening trick-or-treating like you know sun goes down it's a little bit darker we can start multiplying a bit more because we're not really limited by um we're a little bit, I think it's a little bit, we're not limited by having like protective costumes. And I think people can be a little bit easier to fool in the dark. You know, if you have a, if you have a terrible three Mogwai in a trench coat type costume, it's going to be a little easier to pass that off in the darkness. Um, but then kind of, then of course, trick or treating is kind of over at that point, but I don't know if that's the end of the night. Um, I'm going to give my guys, uh, till sunrise because after midnight of course they're gonna have all this candy they're gonna eat the candy that they've collected um so once they eat after midnight they kind of go into a cocoon um best i can tell from the timelines in the movies the cocoons last for about like three to four hours um so really it's gonna be like at like three to four a.m in around that time but like an hour or two before sunrise um the kind of the gremlins will emerge for kind of just a all-out crime fest <laughs> for for candy collection, whatever avenues are left available to them at that time. Um, so we'll see what they do. I mean, I'll, I'll point out that in one of the movies, like we said, they're not really going to be doing that. But I found it funny that in in, uh, in the movie, he literally breaks into a convenience store to steal a giant bag of candy. <laughs> <laughs> so they are naturally they are naturally incentivized to seek out candy. But I was just like reading the you know. The synopsis. Also, I did not. I did not get a chance to actually watch the movie. So anything I got wrong, I apologize. I'm reading this off of some questionable summaries. <laughs> but uh, yeah, broke into a convenience store and was eating a whole bunch of candy. So they they do like the candy. So those are our three monsters. We have our three monsters, and we kind of can. We have we have my multifaceted approach. We kind of just went through. Uh, ben, you're gonna be kind of just like. Trick or treating as a kid, more or less. Basically, murdering yeah. kids. Well, several kids gonna... eventually. So, 
Oh yeah, are you gonna be stealing candy from other kids, or are you just gonna be trick or treating? No, just trick or treating. So I I feel like you don't. This is definitely one of those things where the the organism is if if it plays its cards right can be basically undetectable because it won't be doing anything aside from just trick or treating and also yeah murdering some kids but <laughs> like that's the part you got to be a little careful about but you know what i mean like <laughs> there's there's a lot less that can go wrong if you stick to just trick or treating i do have my i'll go ahead and pull out my last gambit which is i did think about stealing candy from children as I often do. Um, think about, not actually do, don't worry. Um, it's really easy, though. You don't oh, have to think too hard about like it. Like taking it from a baby, baby. yeah, you know? Um, and I, I thought about that, but I feel like that was going to draw too much heat. But what you could do, uh, because it's been established that that the organism can also emulate animals, is as the trick-or-treating is going going on, go out and assimilate a bunch of, like, dogs and birds and things and that the, as the night is winding down you bring all the animals in to grab all the candy at the end that the other non-thing kids have already collected you won't be able to get all of it because you know people will scatter what, what candy is left over though oh no like like the bags that they are holding i mean you go after the kids oh, oh yeah. yeah yeah exactly let them do the work for you uh. so I do have that in the back pocket, sort of like to a catch up, because there is a bit of a ramping up, much like the gremlins have, for uh, this organism. Right. And then Chris is going straight up, just murder as many children as I can lure well, into my my fun house. So it can do the same thing, like it can disguise itself and like do trick or treating if it wants. Um, I think. Instead of like disguising itself as just a kid, it would have to, because it's fear based, it have to turn into something that other people are scared of. Um, but that's probably fine because people are dressed up anyway on Halloween. So, uh, and then yeah, I think, I think it would probably uh, also try to steal stuff because because it has. Like, I mean, maybe influence... we should just maybe we should kind of just say that's their inclinations because we should separate the two shapeshifters a little bit. I imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I mean, I if think you both, if you it... both just say I'm going to murder and shapeshift, there's no separating you, you two. <laughs> well, because I think um, the thing, or Ben is trying to like avoid uh, being caught, or like he's just trying to blend in completely. But I, I think that's less of concern with it because he has that like influence on the town where they're a little le- a little more oblivious mm-hmm. how big a bag of candy does the average kid have trick-or-treating it's like, um, a pillowcase. like a pillowcase that's why you see yeah. yeah i'm trying to think i'm trying to think back to my to my younger days because there was definitely a ramp up as i got older when it was like when, when you have the friends who'd grab who'd grab the bucket i'm gonna admit it right here the, the shame <laughs> grabbing <laughs> the porch you know every once in a while they grab the porch bucket and that adds up quick or more mostly just like the stamina too like you just start early you start at like yeah, you know, right after school, you start at three and you just go for like till like nine. That's like six hours, a lot of candy. Yeah, I mean, I, feel I think like... there's an age where you start with like the little pumpkin bucket. And exactly. then as you get older, you upgrade to the pillowcase. I, I think there's there's actually a series of, of differently sized pumpkin buckets that sort of scale to your set size as a child. Right. Yeah. Got the little ones for little kids and they get a little bigger, a little bigger. And then once you hit like, I don't know, 12, 11, 12, something like that, you get the pillowcase. That's the end game. I will say I'm definitely so so it's going to be I, I think I think 
just straight up stealing from children is probably the fastest. Like, is is mm. the... It's the fastest. It's also the riskiest. So when we get to, say, like, yeah, like 7 o'clock or so, um, after, you know, the, the typical, the younger kids trick-or-treating time, I think Chris will definitely be ahead. I will be lucky to have, like, escaped too much notice. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm literally just a bunch of hamsters and like you know maybe maybe a few groups of hamsters in trench coats, but um, you know there's there's it's gonna be tough for me to do much, and I don't think the the Mogwai are gonna uh, I don't think that they would be inclined to steal from from children in that way. But once you get ramped up, like you have the potential to have a lot of gremlins everywhere. Yeah, once I'm in the evening, I'm gonna have like. You know, I mean, there's no real upper limit. Like I was, I was gonna, of course, as always, intended to do the math on how many you could be, but literally, it ju- he jumps in a swimming pool and makes hundreds. Like there, there's no more math that I can do. I can find more swimming pools. <laughs> like the number's just gonna be ridiculous. Like it's not gonna make any. I could be like, if I come here and say there's gonna be a million gremlins trick or treating, that doesn't help anybody. <laughs> you know, that does that does not a podcast make, and um. But yeah, no, I I definitely will be increasing in numbers just consistently. So I'm going to be ramping up, but it's kind of gonna it's kind of a judgment call on how that ramping up coincides with the availability of candy. It's kind of an interesting situation because I feel like Chris it can get out to a strong start because it has just the best you know single organism rate of getting candy. The thing can kind of scale, but it scales linearly because it's going to be pretty, like, incredibly risky to try to assimilate anything away from whatever the home base is, right? And the gremlins are going to start slow, but then scale basically exponentially. Right. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. (laughs) What is is available, like, what is available at 4 a.m. after Halloween? How much how much candy is left available? I think if you're not stealing, not much. Yeah, I mean they would they would break into people's homes and murder them and get their candy. But does that count? No, I guess they have to still be trick or treating. Like you can only steal from people that are still trick or treating. That's fair. You can be the bully kid. You can't be just like a murderer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they disagree. But yes. I say it's the person whose plan is literally murder children and impersonate them. <laughs> yeah, it's tough with the gremlins, huh? If I scare children out of their home at 3 a.m. <laughs> and, <they're> <laughs> and they decide to carry their bag of candy out with them. If they're using their pillowcase full of candy as their pillow and keep it with them for safekeeping, yes. I mean, there's lots of kids. I, I think a lot of kids in like the in the in like the eight to eight to ten range would would first instinct. I'm gonna save my Halloween candy. House is burning down. Uh, what's my most important thing? The candy I just got. There also might be some <laughs> houses that like don't get trick or treaters, and they just leave the candy bowl out there. You bring it in though before the evening. I also feel like by that point, some you know tough youths will have come by and taken the candy out of the bowl. <laughs> you know. I mean, personally, my parents they live on a dead end, so they they put out. There was one year where they put out a bowl of candy, and they got zero trick or treaters. Amazing. I'll say this: I will have I will have excellent open bowl coverage with my with my daytime mogwai. That's true. Yeah, because they will be the bowl. Like I, I, they're not they're not the evil ones yet, but I think they will absolutely jump on taking a free bowl of candy. 
the social pressures of not doing that because it's mean will not apply to them. Hmm. This is tough. How do we how do we possibly judge this? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what what per, this is and this is this is kind of a, a, a weird question, but what percentage of of houses put out a bowl? What percentage of houses leave out? I a... mean, like put it out instead of having people ring the doorbell. Yeah, I would guess entirely arbitrary. I would guess one in ten. Yeah, I feel like it's not nearly as common as uh, ringing the doorbell. Oh my what? Oh, I found an article, but it was because of COVID. Oh, um, yeah. It said 46% of Americans say they won't be handing out candy on Halloween. Hmm. But that's this is that's, October 2020. That's COVID times. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. So we all have different strategies. And it's mo- mainly based, like our success is mainly based on just the number of people that we have, or number of like creatures we have collecting, I guess. Right? Mm-hmm. But I guess, uh... I don't know, because you're right. It is only one organism, but I have I'm going to be stealing, so it's going to be faster. Yeah, when you're and you're going to be getting, you know, if you if you steal thirty houses worth of candy in one go, that that builds up a lot faster than if I send out, you know, if I send out ten kids total that hit 30 houses each you only have to hit 10 kids to match that right yeah which feels pretty good (laughs) so what are the chances you think one of us will get caught and will fail well you're definitely so there there for me so for for pennywise for for it for it um I don't think the chances are zero. I weirdly think that going around and stealing a bunch of kids' Halloween candy, I mean, also murdering them, um, but, like, I feel like that draws attention, like, even through a, you know, a fog. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be more risky than, like, Ben's approach. Well, um, yes and no. <laughs> and, he, and he's at risk from... He does he, have he, to kill he's someone. Pretty, <laughs> he's pretty heavily at risk from the police, too. Like, like, if the police just showed up to his sewer home, for example... Could they just arrest him? I mean, I know he can shapeshift, but, like, uh, what are the odds? Well, I mean... Then you'd have to, like, kill... You'd have to go to killing spree at that point. Yeah. Police don't really carry, carry flamethrowers frequently, so there's <laughs> actually not a whole lot they could do. But then things escalate, and the trick-or-treating probably ends, and that kind of kills my chances, so... I mean, trying to the military would come in eventually, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it's the same reason why I don't want to spring the animal invasion too early, because that'll also probably put a damper on the trick-or-treating in the area. It just yeah, like, so, yeah. I, there's definitely a critical mass I'd have to avoid where just like, oh, there's a lot of like when you get when the fourth set of uh, cute hamsters in a ghost costume come up to your house, like people might just decide to be like, OK, that's a, this is getting ridiculous yeah. <laughs> and just close their close their trick or treating doors on that. Um, but no, that would take a lot. That, uh, how many how many. How many of the same costume who you suspect is the same kid or the same weird event would you have to hit on a Halloween? If you're giving out candy before, you're like, you know what? I'm done with this. This is ridiculous. I think if you got 
I think if they came by three times in <laughs> 15 minutes. Yeah. Right? That's the point where it'd be like, or if, if you may not stop, but you'd say, okay, I'm not giving you any more candy. I've already given you candy. Right? Like, I've, yeah. I've, I have given this bed sheet with weird lumps under it candy before a couple times already. I'm not doing it again. I mean, they'd definitely recognize you every time, I think. Or at least, unless you changed costumes. I mean, they would be different. They would be different sets. I imagine they would be different gremlins in a slightly different costume, but like, it couldn't be that different. Right. <laughs> like, there's, there's a limit so to how much you can costumes. do. Yeah. So you have and some variation, you get to, but not a lot. Once you get to nighttime, like they're gonna get lazier, and I imagine they get lazier and more more disheveled as as the night goes on. Like, so you get you get more of them as the night goes on, but they're less effective, like individually. Well, maybe maybe we can do maybe we can do some math here. Let's see if so. We were talking about um, how long would it take? How long would it take it to to nab a kid and kill a kid with while well, staying under the radar? Um, I mean, it's pretty simple. I think, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not going to take very long at all. I guess. What do you, what do you I mean, think? Give me a number of minutes. Is? Yeah number of minutes i mean the movie starts with him luring one kid to like a sewer and i guess he talks to him for a while uh before he actually like he bites his arm off but um i don't know that scene is maybe oh like 10 minutes <laughs> so yeah and, and do you think he would relocate between like so we say 15 minutes per uh, per nab. child we'll call yeah. it a nab <laughs> sure so if you have 15 minutes per nab um and we say trick-or-treating time is three to say 10 p.m seven hours i would say start it at like four though because that's where we're gonna start having people with full bags okay yeah four four to four to ten well six you, hours? i mean you'd just be doing normal trick-or-treating until then though fair yeah, well, well, but yeah, we'll, so, we'll focus on the so stealing we'll part. give you one one bag for the first hour where you're trick or treating, <laughs> and then one bag for 15 minutes after that. Yeah, yeah. So you'd have 24, 24 kids worth. You'd be able to get 24 kids because you get four an hour and six hours. You have 24 kids worth of, and we'll give you you collecting on your own 25 kids worth of candy. <laughs> Yeah, 25, 25 kids of candy. <laughs> so, so I'm sorry. Something about the idea of it just trick or treating for an hour is very, very funny to me. <laughs> he's like, waiting. He's, he's, he's... I don't know any better, dude. Got candy somehow. <laughs> so, okay, but how many how many kids do you think you could be, or how many groups? How many like separate kid organisms could you have? I've been trying to figure that out. Um. So, it's part of the problem. It's unclear how long the pro- the assimilation process actually takes. Um, I was gonna say I can get one kid an hour out going, like one kid's worth of thing, I guess. Um, but conceivably, they could um change into a different kid after one route through right right 
So I'd have one kid the first hour, then two, then three, etc. Okay, so it's going to be six so plus five plus four early. plus three plus... Yeah, exactly. So it's goes early. Yeah. Yeah, so... And how long... And so, and then we'd say, was it... Is it an... You want to say an hour for a kid to collect enough candy? Like to, to be one kid's worth of candy? Trick That's what I figured, yeah. Is that is that reasonable? I don't know. I don't know. How <laughs> how long did we trick or treat for his kids? I mean, Two I hours? did for longer, but also, like, I had know. more candy than the average kid. Yeah. So maybe we say our unit is... A kid hour of candy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, that works. <laughs> so if you go, so basically you're gonna, have, you're gonna, be, your your candy output's gonna be six plus five plus four plus three plus two plus one. That gives you uh, twenty one, twenty one hours of candy. hours of candy. All right. God, I love this. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So now we're on gremlins. Gremlins oh, are there's a also, tricky. There's also the candy, any that I managed to steal with my animal wave at the end. <laughs> oh, right. So you have... I'm not going to say I'm going to get that much with that. <laughs> I mean, if you hit, like, six kids, though, it's not that many. Yeah. It's just tough, you know. I, I think you're going to be most effective with, like, dogs, I think, in terms of being able to, you know wrench a candy out of the out of the arms of a screaming child so like how many they do spill them so they, i imagine they'll spill a little bit yeah um, like i would i would say maybe i can get you know eight dogs out and they'll manage to get one one kid hour per two dogs i don't want to aim too high with this because i don't i don't know how successful that plan's gonna be kind of just like a little Hail Mary at the end. Well, so if a dog, if you were a kid and a dog tried to steal candy from you, <laughs> would you think, yep. do you think you'd be able to? <laughs> I mean, if I mean, it's like yeah, a vicious absolutely. dog. I don't think it would get all of your candy, though. It would get some candy. I, it would get your bag. I, yeah, I think at a certain point what's going to happen is the kid's going to drop the bag and run away. If there's a, like, snarling, vicious dog that has grabbed onto your bag yeah. of candy... I think basically, like you're only, you're gonna, he's gonna the dog might have several attempts, but they would probably be in the last hour, say, exactly. successful in one of them. Because this is one of those things too, right? Where you can you can only you can only do this at the very end of the night because once someone says, "Hey, there are wild dogs attacking children in this neighborhood," people aren't going to trick or treat there anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I think if you had I think if you had eight dogs, I think each would get one on average. Okay. So what's what is in that case, what is a reasonable number of dogs? <laughs> this is such a stupid question. <laughs> if, you, if you can be if you can be if you have enough organisms to make six kids. How many what is the ratio? That's probably of, that's probably about dogs. Is it just six dogs? Let's just say I would six say it's six dogs. One kid then. per dog. One kid per dog. If you're saying they're like German shepherd sized dogs, right? Like Yeah, they're gonna wanna be. You know? So yeah, we'll say six dogs. So six six more dogs of six more kid hours of candy at the end <laughs> via dog attack. You're you're definitely gonna have more candy than me. Not by much, I don't uh, think, right? No, it's uh I guess we had twenty seven. Yeah, twenty seven to twenty five right now. Yeah. So, so really it's down to the gremlins. So we're gonna have to figure out so we have to kind of get figure out The gremlins are tricky because I think they get tricky. less effective later. Yeah, but there's more of them. Yeah, let's say size size of average suburban town. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, so a median suburban neighborhood is fairly dense, housing approximately 1,800 to 2,000 people per square mile. So if we do, like, 2.2-ish people per household, um, or 2.5, uh, I don't know. I would say do, like, 3, just because you're assuming it's a relatively family-heavy area. Yeah, we'll say 2.5 kids, and everyone's got kids. I, I, let's do 4 to make the math easy. Um, so it's 500... One square mile is a good is is a good radius. So there's 500 houses available. What percentage of said homes would be fooled by three three also Mogwais in a costume? What percentage don't do trick or treating? I would guess like twenty percent. Yeah, this yeah. Time is point eight. Yeah. So so we're down to 400 houses. 400 houses. Um, how many would be, how many people would open up the door, see what is clearly three creatures in a costume <laughs> and not give them candy? <laughs> they would offer a trick-or-treating basket, but what do you do? How, okay, logistical question. How are the gremlins holding their candy receptacle? I guess it would be with tiny arms. Oh, <laughs> see, face. this is what I was kind of wondering, and this I feel like has hurt your chances a little bit. <laughs> you could use like it could be on the other side of a sheet, but yeah, it's gonna be a little weird. You could use like we like sticks to like as chopsticks to hold up a bucket or something. <laughs> they are they are crafty. Um, the in the second movie, one literally crafted a bow and arrow out of some paper clips and rubber bands and shot a flaming arrow to destroy a spider gremlin. Um, so they have some decent amount of engineering. They're, they're clever. They're clever. Okay. Um, but I, again, it's, you're trying to pretend, you know, generally trying to be a tent kid or how many ho- households would just not care that it's not actually a child. That's just any, like a weird <laughs> thing. It's like, yeah, sure. Why not? For candy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, don't know, I got this shit. I'm just giving it away anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, like five to ten percent. Like, yeah, like it's low. I was, I was gonna say, the highest I'd probably go would be like twenty percent, and that even feels a little generous. Let's do, let's do like ten percent during the daytime, and then like fifteen when it's darker. It's a little harder to tell. That's fair, yeah. So that's really like, so it's forty. I've access to forty houses then, for daytime hours which would be like four to seven and then seven to ten would be three the other three hours well how many how many how many houses do you are we saying is one kid's worth of candy Mm, one kid hour how many houses can you hit as a kid in an hour when you're trick-or-treating 20 yeah 20 i was thinking 20 20 minutes yeah 20 houses that feels about right and like a suburban area so I have access to 40 houses. I have three hours times the number of houses divided by 20 houses per converting converting houses to, to kid ca- hours. To kid yes. hours candy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> using using the, the SI conversion for this. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then doing the same for the nighttime and then adding them together. 15 kid hours of candy. It's not that much. Yeah, Ooh, once you start going low. through percentages, that that started to feel like 
when we started really asking the question, who would be fooled by three gremlins in a trench coat? <laughs> I started to think that but might now, be the way it goes. But now, uh, there, is one, there is one last thing in my favor to bring this number up. The witching hour. Of these 400 houses, how many leave out candy bowls? True. Mm. Uh, we said 10% before. So if we have 40 houses leave out bowls, I'm pretty much going to get the majority. I'm going to get like 75% of those bowls of candy. Well, it depends on what time of night you hit the bowl. <laughs> like you'll have more coverage later at night, but there'll be less in the bowl. Yeah, so I could put another factor on there. But <laughs> is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is stealing a candy bowl about a kid hour of candy? I would um, say it's pretty close, I think. I would say it's pretty close, yeah. So there's forty uh, there's forty bowls. Kids, there are kids that take the bowls, and there are just gonna be uh, there will be a drain on the bowls over time. So like on average, how what percentage of the candy bowl are you getting? Sixty. I mean, they'll they'll refill sometimes too. So I'm not too worried about the drain on it. Mm, That's That's true. Sometimes they fill it. They'll refill. But I think if you went around and tried to steal every candy bowl, you'd probably get like half to like sixty percent. Half is kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. So now, 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 now I got, now I have bonus kid hours of candy because <laughs> that 15 just trick or treating, but I got a full on 20 stealing from these, from these candy bowls. So that puts me at the top with 35 kid hours of candy. Blowing us out of the water. <laughs> so basically Halloween time comes around. Do you want to have the most candy? Either have 35 kids or... <laughs> let one gremlin loose onto your town um, and hope that makes up for the absolute murder fest that will happen at 4 a.m. <laughs> in which no legal candy will be collected, but your entire town will be uh, mostly on fire. Um, that was weirdly close. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think we were forcing it too much to be competitive, but like, all of those strategies kind of translate to the same number. Like we 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 tr- we did the units right. <laughs> we yeah. approached it three different ways, and uh, there you have. Maybe maybe not unsurprisingly, the gremlins are the best at collecting candy. <laughs> and there are a lot of them. And it seems kind of more up their alley than you know the thing. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that, that that would just go for the kids more than anything else. Like yeah, it, it would just kill everyone. <laughs> there is a fun fact that I, I forgot to mention from the movie where they, they calculated in the 1982 the thing that if it reached civilization, it would assimilate all life on Earth within three years or something. So probably just get to work on that more than anything. Kane's kind of just a bonus. I don't know. Well, Halloween three years from now. Boom. Got it in the bag, <laughs> literally. All right, we got we got a, we got a boogie over to our would you rather question because we are running long. Ben, are you ready for a would you rather? Yes. Would you rather have it rain candy corn or Snickers? Oh, is it a normal size Snickers? That's a good question. Uh, no, it's got to be the Snickers. It's got to be the minis. Fun size? Okay. Fun size. Yeah, because that's what you usually get on Halloween. It's yeah. a fun size. Are you asking vis-a-vis impact? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. it, it makes a difference. Are you asking vis-a-vis ballistics calculations? <laughs> so, 
I feel like, I feel like, and maybe this is just, maybe this is not a, a, wait, okay, second question. Are the Snickers wrapped? That's what I was going to bring up. I think the Snickers are wrapped. The candy corn isn't. The candy corn definitely isn't. Because, like, what would that even I was imagining unwrapped, but maybe it should be wrapped. I I don't know. I'm just, let's, I guess, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if they're wrapped, that's a really bad environmental situation. Um, maybe, maybe that's just it was all the stuff from the the Pacific Garbage Patch like finally evaporated and it's, and it's joining the water cycle. <laughs> um, I guess candy corn. If you if you make the Snickers wrapped, you have to make the candy corn wrapped because the candy corn doesn't just come loose. I mean, it kind of does. does. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> comes in a big bag, right? I mean. Like if you buy yeah, a like, bag of candy I'm corn, of... the the individual candies corn are all unwrapped, whereas the individual Snickers are all wrapped. I was more thinking like how you would get it in your bag for Halloween, like if you're trick or treating. Oh, I see what you're saying. So be like small bags of candy corn. Oh, I don't like yeah. that. The candy corn has no, to be. Let's loose. do both. Let's do let's do let's do both unwrapped. Forget the wrap. Forget the plastic. Yeah. All right. Forget the environment. So. If they are both unwrapped, I am very sad to report that this is going to be really bad for dogs if it's Snickers. Oh. Um, I mean, the wrapping wouldn't keep a lot of dogs out of it anyway. No, the wrapping, it's it's still probably not going to be great. They're just probably going to, like, choke on the wrapping instead of, you know, eating the chocolate. I mean, how um, can are dogs okay with candy corn? I mean, Google. <laughs> <laughs> Can, yeah. can I mean, it's gonna be, don't recommend eat candy yeah. corn. Uh, oh no, hold on, wait a minute. Uh, it has an ingredient called xylitol. Xylitol. I'm gonna go with um, a natural sugar alcohol that's commonly used as a sweetener in sugar-free foods and candy, especially gum. But apparently, it causes a uh like hypoglycemia in dogs so bad for dogs regardless yeah so that's not a factor (laughs) yeah um yeah so they're both they're both toxic in different ways it's gonna be a bad day for dogs but i'm very at least both are toxic because i don't know how we would get past it kills dogs if one didn't (laughs) yeah yeah so it sounds like it's only the sugar-free ones that have xylitol um, but, but the, the sugar corn syrup and oil are probably not great. They're not great for dogs anyway. So it's better yeah. than the chocolate, but still not good. I mean, I assume if there's candy corn everywhere, the dogs are going to go, they're going to eat a lot of it, which is not going to be good. Right. It's not like they just eat one piece. Right. Bet you can't eat just one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so we're not going to talk about the pets dogs, anymore. I don't want to. Yeah, be you're, you're, you're gonna. We can't say that we would pick the one that kills more dogs. It's just not going to happen. Right. So we're going to we're going to ignore the impact on pets. We're going to say that they're pets dog are safe. Fine. Dog safe Snickers and dog safe candy. Exactly. Cars. Yeah. We're just going to do that because otherwise this is <laughs> sad and yeah. So purely Snickers seems nastier it does but a shorter term problem i mean i don't like i think candy corn seems nastier just because i don't like candy corn 
but, but I mean, I mean, in the sense that like, if my lawn is covered in it and it's a sunny day, it's like it's also like if it, is, if a piece it has caramel, like, it has different components in it. I guess it has like the thing is, I, I feel like a good rain will wash away like. 70% of a Snickers bar like it's got the it's gonna have a little bit of caramel left over and it's gonna be not perfect but like a candy corn is gonna sit candy corn just sits there I don't the candy corn is the candy corn I mean it'll melt to it I think it'll wash away I think candy corn is all I feel like candy corn is easier to shovel for some reason yeah, so part I of agree it with that. part it's of it easier is that when the candy corn hits the ground, it's just going to kind of about like flatten a little bit. That's kind of it. The Snickers is going to like splat a little bit more, right? Probably. Maybe. I, don't know. I mean, I think the candy corn will do more damage, like in on your car and stuff. Maybe. I mean, I'm it's pr- less I'm actually mass. Looking up now. So apparently, a fun-sized Snickers bar is roughly eighteen grams. Um, like what's the way of like hail? But the um, Snickers, a Snickers, I feel like it'll, it'll like squish more. It won't like candy corn. It'll bounce. Unless it's cold. If it's in the atmosphere, it could be like near frozen. Oh God! Yeah. And they're pointy. Oh, uh, the candy corn. <laughs> yeah. Can't, I can't find a. I was trying to find like what size hail would would match the the weight of a Snickers. <laughs> Why doesn't Google just have this information at the ready? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what to Google and I can't figure it out. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think a Snickers would do more damage than a candy corn. Yes, it's got more mass. It's got it definitely. More mass. I think they'll be close in hardness uh i like snickers more so the aftermath of just bending down and picking up a snickers versus candy corn i like better <laughs> wait hold on i'm are you sorry gonna eat them? yes this is a very important question are, are you going layer. to take the unwrapped or, i don't <laughs> okay, know i, I might have a collection layer. bucket right. or something <laughs> fair enough you stick it you stick a mug out the window and bring it back in it's fall for delicious snickers. Yeah. okay fair enough I'm not going to touch the candy corn. I do like that. You know, I do like Snickers a lot more. I could. You're this whole stick a bucket out my window possibility is actually swaying me a lot more towards Snickers because like the cleanup that's not going to be on me. I live in an apartment building. Other people got to deal with that. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I I like Snickers more than candy corn, but I never buy candy corn because. You can't just, you can't, I don't know, I feel like as a grown-ass adult, I can't just buy myself candy corn. That's just too much of a, it's not as good as I want it to be, and I don't want that much of it. And I just, like, love, but I do love getting, like, running into circumstances where I can eat a few candy corn. (laughs) Um, During the Halloween season. Are you saying you want it to be candy corn? Uh, You want it to rain candy corn because you like it less because you, so you get it less? But you want I it want it little? to rain candy corn because it raining candy corn is the perfect excuse for me to get some candy corn that I wouldn't otherwise get. <laughs> I'll just buy myself Snickers, Snickers at Halloween time. <laughs> I will have Snickers no matter what, but I won't have candy corn. This way I get both. Amazing. That's weird. 
logic. I had not. Find... Also, I think I, I I think I don't. I just don't want to clean up Snickers off of my house or driveway. I would rather just shovel up some candy corn. Is the other bit for me? Candy corn. You could even maybe just like get a broom and like sweep it away. Can you collect it and like make like and like smush them together and make like candy corn bricks and like build something? That would be have cool. a candy corn fight. That, that feels like a terrible, terrible idea. I do not think candy corn bricks are going to be particularly resilient to literally anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh let's let's i think we're just about ready here to make our final determinations yeah um i'm gonna stick with for the re- weird reasons i've stated candy corn which makes no sense to me i'm going snickers because i like it more so i'm going with the one i like more all right i think this is basically entirely because i still rent my current place of living but i'm going to also go with snickers because it's far worse to clean up but not my problem, and yes, I can stick a bucket out my window and get a bunch of Snickers. Which, so if you owned like a house or something, then you would. I would probably candy go corn. candy corn. Yeah, that's that is basically the pivot point here. <laughs> All right, so that does it for that. Um, if you want Ben to change his answer um, by becoming a homeowner, he's going to need more money, and you can help him get more money by going to our Patreon, www.patreon.com/absurdhypotheticals. Click become a patron. Uh, it is the best way to directly help the show, and when you do so, for just one singular dollar a month, you get access to all our bonus content that we release each month specifically for our Absurd Hypothetic Pals on the Patreon. Um, if you want to help the show in non-financial ways, uh, send us some questions, absurdhypotheticals at gmail.com. You can just email them to us, or if you're listening to this on YouTube, you can just throw it right there in the comments. Um, if you're enjoying the show... You know, like, comment, subscribe, leave a review, whatever your podcast player or YouTube thing lets allows you to do that everybody asks you to do all the time for all the other things. Do it for us too. It helps. It does actually really help. Um, but in any case, next episode we are still going to be in October, so we got more Halloween action. We're going to be doing a Halloween movie grab bag. So uh, we'll see you there. Mm-hmm.